Get ready. Three, two, one, zero. You are listening to the Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Ryan Livergood, Trey Barrett, and Will Greenwood. Hey, it's the Fancy Joes. Welcome to the mini show this week. Uh, this is Ryan Livergood at Roto Librarian. I'm sorry for my voice. I got a sinus infection. Uh, I had sick kiddos. Got some other drama in my life. We've got all kinds of stuff going on. So we're just going to hammer out a little mini show tonight. Right, guys? Right, Will? Mini teeny show. I'll only use small words. Appreciate that, um, <laughs> Trey. What, what? I like that. You can't say appreciate, <laughs> Ryan. It's oh, too long. I like it. Trey, how are you? Way to go. You guys are going to have to forgive Robot me. Robot show. A little distracted. I've got the, uh, I've got TBS.com pulled up here on the laptop. Oh, I was going to be like, I swear, if you're watching baseball, that's not an excuse. The Red, Red, Red Sox and, and Astros are, are playing game four tonight. So, uh, but yeah, man, I'm excited. We're looking forward to talking a little bit. It's been, it's been, as you said, a, a kind of a crazy week, a lot going on and so, but always, always nice to talk football with you gentlemen. Talking yeah, so, football. That's right. So we've had, we've had a crazy, crazy week and a lot going on and uh, travel plans for, for work and all kinds of crazy stuff. So we're getting together. We're just going to, uh, going to crank out a, a quick show for you. And we got some topics we're going to talk about. We'll, we'll see what we get to. We were going to talk about some dynasty stashes. We'll probably mention a few of those and some other things as well. So guys, uh, um, I, I just want to say the, the, at the top of the show, you know, we're not necessarily going to do moments or letdowns unless you guys want to run through the whole moments and letdowns. But I had a, a big letdown this week. You know, I, I'm calling it my Titans offense, Joe, letdown of the week. I had like the worst fantasy loss I've ever had in a league that Will and I are in, the Empire League. I was playing the quote Dynasty Dark Sorcerer. Um, he knows who he is. I, I had the great one at some point. He's a pretty uh, fun guy. Yeah, so Ben, uh, I'm sure he's listening and savoring every second of this story. So I had the Green Bay DST going against Devontae Adams. And I was feeling pretty good about that, the matchup against San Francisco. But then uh, C.J. Beathard comes out and looks amazing. And, and Goodwin has a couple of big plays. Where was that all year? And it's coming down to the wire. And we're, we're watching the game, and, and I'm leading. And then Devontae Adams makes a play, and he's leading. We had... Five lead changes in the last four minutes or so, and you guys know how it ended. That last drive, Devontae Adams just crushed me, and, um, and I lost. I lost by what was like a point, point and a half, something like that. And yeah. So, I mean, I outscored both you guys, and uh, the other guy scored 183. <laughs> so, honestly, the, the tears are not flowing heavily at the Greenwood household for that loss. No, but it was just the, the whole – it was fun, though. It was fun to be involved in a matchup like that. I can't remember another Monday night game and playing fantasy that's ever been, like, back and forth like that at the end. I mean, I've had some close matchups, but that one was with, with you know, five lead changes. I don't remember anything like that. So it was, uh, it was pretty wild and pretty crushing when you're so close. And, you know, when Green Bay had that interception, uh, I was like, yes! You know, I took the lead, and I'm like, well, wait a second. It's Aaron Rodgers. They've got a whole field to go down, and he's going to target Devontae Adams here. So – that was pretty crushing. Um, I, I'm not, I don't know if it was as bad as Matthew Barry's loss. I'm sure everyone has seen that on Twitter, his little uh, uh, tirade about Alfred Morris. What did he need? One point. And, you know, <laughs> he didn't get it. If you haven't seen that, you ooh, should. Ooh, Matthew Barry. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I need to watch it. I've, I, I literally have not watched it today. 
on my lunch break. I knew we had the pod tonight, and so I was looking at some football stuff. And when I got on my Twitter and came across it, and then like right as I was hitting play, someone walked in my office and we started talking. I paused it, and then by the time I got back to where I could watch it, I had to head out the door to a meeting, and so I have not. I'm gonna have to watch it tonight. It's uh, so he just starts it, you know, casually. I think he's trying to make a comment, and then I feel like. You kind of you kind of really feel the emotion that was into it. Like he says, it was the worst fantasy loss. But he's a you know a, a very famous man in the fantasy world. So when he says something like that, I, I always take things with a grain of salt. But I I think literally this might be like his his worst fantasy moment. It's just being so upset. It's just so funny because like he's not going to joke about this for I think for a little bit because he'll he'll just get so angry when somebody brings it up. There'll be more rants. It's awesome. I did lose. So I lost a matchup though by starting. Basically, accident, not ac- well, I guess, let's go accidentally starting the Bengals' defense, thinking that it was at home, and that, like, once it happened, I was like, oh, I'll be fine. And they put up negative six, and I lost by 5.9 points. So, I don't, I don't know if that's worse, but because it, it's, you know, it's a defense, and it's not a guy who should get a carry, but, oof, I could have just not played anybody. Yeah, that's pretty – that's pretty rough. I, I, I kind of hate DSTs, and we've talked about this before. We don't need to go on and on about it, but I, – I know there's there's already enough randomness in fantasy football, and I just think the whole DST thing, I don't know. I mean, if you're going to go and, and use defenses, go IDP. I, I'm in my first IDP league. I've talked about it a couple times on the show. I'm having a blast with IDP, and I know it's not for everybody, but I think either you get rid of DST or you just go all in on IDP. That's what I think, guys. I even like the compromise of the two IDP players in the, the Foot Clan dynasty. Uh, one, because after week one, it's gone really well for me <laughs> uh, compared to last year. And it just makes you look at it. I don't know. And I'm also not a big fan of defenses. Like if, you, if, I, if, if it was kickers or defenses, I guess I'd go kickers every time. We want points. We play fantasy for points and points yeah. are fun. Add a couple of flex spots then. I mean, if you want more points, I just get rid of the DST and add another flex spot. Um, same with kickers. I, I feel the same way about kickers. It just, eh. It's just too, too random and – there's already enough randomness as is. So well, so I'm in a two kicker league. What? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of Matthew Barry, he wrote that article about a, a vampire league. You know, he heard the concept. Someone tweeted it to him, and and Trey started a vampire league that that I joined. And he talked to in that article about wasn't he in a league with just like um, just punters and kickers or something? I don't think he was joking. I think he was probably you know serious, or maybe it was all kickers league. Probably just just for for kicks uh i see what you did there <laughs> kickers and dsts and tight ends that's all you get minus in, the top three i'm under the influence of a lot of medication tonight so uh, so guys you want to move on and talk about some dynasty stashes that was going to be the topic of the show so maybe since it's a mini show we'll talk about a couple of them uh, well you and i have several listed are there any that you feel really passionately about that you want to you want well i'm also dynasty stashing kirk cousins dance moves I had it written in there. I just wanted to bring it up. That was awesome. If you haven't seen it, go back and watch it, learn it, and do it every good moment in your life. People will never know what's going on. It's, it's just, he just basically sways around. It's really funny. <laughs> uh, so I was starting this, and the first two players that came to my mind were Justin Watson and Nick Switzer, uh, kind of receivers that are, are buried on, jet, on depth charts. And I, I, what I just thought was interesting, that those were my first two guys, is like these uh, – these kind of like wide receivers for their on the depth chart. And they're both, they're both, uh, they're both white wide receivers. And I was just like, is this list just going to continue going on like this? And I kept thinking, thinking about players and I was thinking about like maybe like Dylan Cantrell, but he got cut and things like that. And anyway, 
these were two, two of my favorites. And I just thought it was funny that they had that in common. Uh, Justin Watson's on the Buccaneers. And I think he will have a third wide receiver role there. I don't think that he's ever going to be the equivalent of like Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd was kind of the, the precipice of why, or why we did this. Uh, I don't think Justin Watts will ever be Tyler Boyd, but let's say, let's say, you know, somebody goes down in that offense or something like that. Like, I just feel like he's a really good, he's worth a roster spot still. Uh, and then Nick Switzer, he moved over to the steel. He got traded twice in the off season, pretty close to the start of the season, which is shocking. But now he's, he plays for them. I mean, I know he returns punts, but he's also looked good when he's on the field. So I think Switzer is that wide receiver three, that kind of like Eli, what was his last name? Am I missing it? Uh, Eli Rogers. Yeah, Eli Rogers kind of role where when when thing when he could have he could be startable in bye weeks when you have some big issues. So, I think I might be wrong here. I think it's Ryan Switzer. Yeah, yeah. Ryan Switzer. Where did I get Nick Switzer? Sorry, Ryan. Yeah, I mean that's all right. <laughs> I, I I think that uh, Nick Switzer sounds like a pretty incredible name for a. <laughs> dynasty sash but uh, ryan switzer is going to be the name that more, more of the dynasty players listening uh, I, I just have this vision of people yeah, like, ryan switzer. Podcast, and they're like they're multitasking like oh let me go on mfl and like do player search like what why can't i find this guy it's like, man the fantasy shows are going super deep it's just and it's just nik that's why you can't find him it's like luke wilson so i typed nick switzer to google to try to find out uh, where Nick Switzer exists, and he really doesn't. Only Ryan Switzer articles popped up. So, uh, sorry, I did that without any research. <laughs> like as far as like looking him up. Oh, uh, 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 I'm also on some antibiotics. I think. <laughs> I think nah, that you know the, these dynasty stashes. I think we continue to, you know, we 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 in our little group chat talked about. Um, Tyler Boyd earlier this week and uh, you know he's a guy that's really coming on and has established himself as the uh, de facto number two target in the passing game now with uh, Tyler Eifer going down in, in Cincinnati and he just continues to produce he's had some good spots and and uh, AJ Green has, has drawn some tough um, assignments as far as defenders shadowing him or, or quasi shadowing him and and I think that it just you know, some of the other names we're going to talk about tonight, I think, are just really good reminders that we continue, I think, as dynasty players, we continue to become kind of impatient with uh, rookies and second-year players. If, if they haven't done something big, we, we kind of want to write them off. And so I, I continue to beat the drum for uh, look back to the rookie evaluations you had on players coming into last season. And, and who are those guys that you had at the end of the first round, beginning of the second round, that have just kind of dwindled and, and gone off to nothing? Um, those guys probably could be had for third-round picks. And, you know, we've talked about uh, earlier in the offseason how I, I was trying to get either a, a late-round draft pick or a, up, up, a round upgrade draft pick in almost every trade I make this season, a third-round pick, a fourth-round pick. And that's why, because you can take, I mean, I got Tyler Boyd on waivers in two dynasty leagues um, this year. And, and he's a guy that I started in one um, league this past week because I've got some, you know, I'm down McKinnon and Bell. Um, and so, you know, he put up a great week for me and I won convincingly. So it, it's really nice when a guy that you pick up off waivers in a dynasty league starts for you, scores 20 points 
and helps you win a, a matchup, you know, and, and take place first, first place in your division. So just look back at those guys. And in, even this last rookie class, you know, I think some of these guys are being a little bit forgotten um, as far as not quite producing yet. You know, uh, James Washington comes to mind. Um, and, and I'll continue to say, you know, guy, even though I think that it's, I mean, he looked good catching a pass this past week, you know, Rashad Penny, who, you know, he's a first round running back. I mean, I know that he's not been getting a lot of run up there in Seattle, but you know, situations can change so much. So I, I, I'll say, just go back and look at where you valued guys and, and see if you can't buy them a little bit cheap now. Yeah. I don't think you even have to be super um, patient with guys. I, I think, I like the approach of draft being heavy on drafting running backs and then let other people take these wide receivers and later they're going to drop or devalue them. And then you can get them for cheap. Um, and yeah, the guys are going to get dropped. I had a, a league too, um, fairly deep fantasy league where Tyler Boyd was available on waivers. That I picked him up. So that was, that's not just a random thing. So if people are listening out there and maybe not in your league, we get it. Uh, it Cause some leagues are shallower than others, but it, it is kind of amazing. Some of these younger wide receivers, second year, third year wide receivers that are out there. And I understand why you, you don't want them to clog your roster the first couple of years, but you, you want to kind of look at them when they might emerge and, and grab them when they might. Um, one of the, a couple of guys I think are interesting that I put on my list, um, Taewon Taylor. I, I continue to love Taewon Taylor. And it's not going to happen for him this year because the Tennessee offense is, 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 just doesn't have it together. But I am optimistic about the offense next year. Maybe that's – uh, lame of me and maybe he's a couple of years out but I think he's a skilled player and I think he's a guy that you could get so, and he was getting a little bit of hype coming into the year but I think that hype has cooled down because that Tennessee offense is horrible and then we just talked about Richard Higgins um, I, I think you know he was getting some play in that Cleveland Browns offense since he was injured so now might be a good time to buy him because I think he's gonna have a role in that Cleveland Browns offense so uh, Taywan Taylor, Richard Higgins, uh, Deion Kane's another guy look at Deion Kane where he is uh, in Indianapolis and they need a playmaker like him. He's out for the year or um, I'm trying to think what the injury was that knocked him out for the year, but he's going to come back in the second year and people have totally forgotten about him. He, he went relatively late in rookie drafts anyway. So I think he's a guy you could get as a throw in in a trade. He might be in your waiver wire. So those are some of the younger wide receivers I like that are out there. And there are a number of these guys, right? Well, you've got some other guys that kind of fit the bill, like younger second third year wide receivers. Yeah, and I think also on your list, I think this is we're mainly looking at you mainly look here at like wide receivers and tight ends. That late breakout for a running back is is very, very rare. And typically you're picking up those guys off the waiver wire anyway. That you know, not every year is there like the Tim Hightower for the Saints that one year, which I'll never forget because Tim Hightower won we finished championship. It's hilarious. But uh, <laughs> one guy I, I think that I, it's it's the short-term memory, and even like later on in the season, if somebody forgets or their or their competitor is Chris Warren from the Raiders, as far as running backs go. I know it's preseason, but dude looked good. He looked healthy. He looked athletic. You know, just uh, he's a guy that you could you could just stash. Pretty, I think pretty easily if your roster is deep enough. Uh, another one, and I might be way off here, uh, but I you know Matt Collins has flashed occasionally on that Philadelphia roster. I don't know what they're going to do there at their wide receivers, or if you'll even ever get a chance. But again, this is just. Kind of, a, kind of a, a, a stash. I think that he, given the opportunity, could still, he could still, he could still move up and he could still be a starter. He's so young. These guys, it takes a little while for them to get used to the league. Uh, and the other one that I also think maybe not really count at this point because he he flashed in one game would be Chad Williams for the Cardinals. Because now, as we go through the season, pay attention to see where all the attention is going in that offense. And if it's going to Christian Kirk, maybe try to snag Chad Williams on the cheap or 
you know, if, if you can get him to just hold on to, because he's, he's, he's a good NFL. I mean, he's a good player. So he just, uh, it's, it's going to be a little bit, he's not going to, you know, boom right away. Also, I know that we have a lot of listeners and, and we play a lot of super flex. A guy that I think is a great opportunity between now and the, and the end of the season to go pick up is going to be Lamar Jackson, because I think that there was probably a lot of hope that Lamar Jackson would become a starter at some point this year. And it all probably just depends on the owner, but I think there's a possibility that you could get Lamar Jackson um, at a reduced cost right now compared to where he was going in the rookie draft coming into this year. And I think that that's still a reasonable pick. And I think that probably, you know, going into next season, I think he's pretty likely to be the starter there in Baltimore. Um, and so I think that that's a reasonable, a reasonable investment. Any, any of those tight ends at Baltimore that are your favorite? Just off the top of my head question. I don't think I have any. I mean, maybe Hayden Hurst would be my favorite out of them, but I don't know. I, I, I just kind of avoiding that Baltimore situation. There's so many to choose from. I don't know. They, they're going to zero wide receiver, but still a spread <laughs> offense with all tight ends. Well, did you say Mike Gusecki? Did you talk about him, Ryan? I haven't talked about him. He's, just... on my, he's on my list. And, and along with guys like Gerald Everett, Johnny Smith, because we know that tight ends take a long time to emerge. You know, very rarely do you see one emerge in their first year, their rookie year. Um, in fact, over the last, what, 10 years, we've talked about it on the show, we've had two. We had Gronk, and then we had um, Evan Ingram. And, and then occasionally you see them break out their second year, but really it's their third year when it happens. And I, I'm not giving up on Gerald Everett yet. I, I think that they have plans for him. I think Sean McVay has plans for him in that Rams offense. So I, I think there could be a third-year breakout. Johnny Smith, the guy I really like. Once again, that Tennessee offense is garbage. And I wouldn't blame you if you just want to avoid the Tennessee offense and those, those, uh, those players that play in that offense. But he's a guy I like. And then, yeah, um, if we figure out if it's Gasicki or Gasecki, because I still hear it both ways. It depends. Yeah, so I'm, gonna, I'm sticking with Gasicki. And – uh, yeah, I, I I think once again that that Miami offense. Well, now that Brock Osweiler is the quarterback, maybe they've they've got it going on. But uh, until recently, <laughs> the offense has been garbage. And I, I think once again it's going to take a couple of years. I think he's really talented. I think he's he's going to be a fantasy asset in the future. So it's just those tight ends that are kind of younger that people have given up on that you could probably acquire. And maybe Gasicki you couldn't because I think the people that drafted him still are going to be patient at least for a little while longer. But Johnny Smith owners, Gerald Everett owners, they've got to be getting impatient, and they might want that roster spot. So that could be a trade throw-in. I like it. Anything else we want to mention? What about um, – is it – Byron Pringle is, is on the Ravens roster, right? Byron, I haven't heard that name in so long. I know, because he's another guy to mention that I think, you know, he, he's, he's kind of in a situation – where he's stuck behind a lot of veteran wide receivers because, you know, they've got Willie Sneed, they've got uh, Crabtree, they've got John Brown. I have Pringle on the Chiefs. Oh, is Pringle on the Chiefs? And he got put on IR at the beginning of the year. I looked this up, actually, a few weeks ago. Who was that Ravens rookie wide receiver? Uh, 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 he's from California. Or, uh, are you US, about Jordan, Jordan Lasley? Lasley. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. The, the, those <laughs> Jordan Lasley. That, good job. You know, um, at least, at least I got his, you know, got, got, got the guy's name right. Um, but uh, yeah, no, Lasley's a guy that I, that I, I kind of like, I'm kind of intrigued with. And, and I think you could see 
down the road he can emerge because he's kind of forgotten about because he's you know he's not playing so that's another name i like um uh, pringle was a name a guy that was kind of interesting too and i guess i i kind of forgot he was with the chiefs you know there, there's so many of these guys right so many of these guys but try i think you, you nailed it um look at how you evaluate guys during the process if you're like us and you evaluate these prospects and rank them you know go back and read i, I think matt waldman actually was talking about lastly he sends out this email to his um rookie scouting portfolio members and i think that's why I remembered him because he mentioned Lasley in an article. Uh, so, uh, yeah, d- d- don't forget the research you've done in the past because you can apply it. I mean, I was looking at – so I pulled up NFL.com and was looking at their 20 the, the 2017 uh, – sorry, 2016 draft in wide receivers and the lowest-rated wide receiver, Tyreek Hill, 4.8 out of the draft picks. So – Well, that, that had to be – It's just interesting. Purely on character issues though, right? I mean, does it does it give their criteria for ranks? Uh, I mean, you can kind of look at it. It's just, it's just, I don't know. It's just interesting that that you you know you get pushed down that far down the list. And man, Tyreek Hill's so good. But he was a stash. I mean, he he was a guy. If you had him early, right? If you picked him up, that's that's a big win right there. But it's so rare. And I think we try to chase these things. And it's good to talk about. It. It's good to talk about these guys because wide receivers can take a while to develop. He wasn't one of the ones that took a while, but it's. It's hard. It's hard to be a wide receiver in the NFL. Like you have to be very precise, especially depending on what team you're on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like the Chiefs need a third wide receiver. If that's not coming around next year, you know, maybe that's Byron Pringle. So when, the, when they're running out there, I know Kelsey's there as the third pass catcher, but they still probably want to run three wide receiver sets like often with Mahomes. So I think that there's an opportunity there. I think he's, I actually think even though kind of mistakenly brought up, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, he, he was an older prospect, but it, it, again, these are like just stashes if you have the space, and and that's the idea of like he could be a, like emerge as a again like a, a bye week filler. I don't know if we're gonna gonna get the next Tyler Boyd quite yet because now that Tyler Boyd happened, you're gonna see a lot of people picking up a lot of stashes. Yeah, hey guys, why don't we 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 got about ten minutes left here. This is our mini show, so why don't we move into hot bold spicy takes for week seven? Um, we've got five levels. We've got banana pepper, jalapeno, habanero, ghost pepper, and the almighty Carolina Reaper. Um, we get, assess points, get points based on the, the levels that, that are assigned to each take. The standings, I tallied those the other day from a couple of weeks ago. Trey is leading with eight points. I'm second with six points. And Will, because of the nature of his very, very bold spicy <laughs> take, has zero points right now. But that might change this week. Yeah. Uh, so, oh wait, did I put what? What week is it? Are we? It is week. It is week seven, right? That we're going into. Gosh, I'm so lost. Yes, week seven. So I put, and that's what I said earlier. But I need to fix that on the show sheet. So week seven, Hubble spicy takes. Would anyone like to take it at the beginning? Okay, I will. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so here, here's my Hubble spicy take. And the first thing that is is not that that really that hot, bold, and spicy because I basically have Tampa Bay beating Cleveland with the over that might be hot, bold, spicy for Trey. Cause Trey's been picking Cleveland, I think every week to win. Um, but, but I think Tampa at home, um, the, you know, they, they've, they've done well at home. They beat the Eagles at home. Uh, they played the Steelers pretty well at home. Um, so yes, I like Tampa Bay beating Cleveland with the over and I like the Chicago bears bouncing back and beating the new England Patriots. What do you think, guys? Ugh, gross. 
Gross. Um, the, is the Bears bouncing back and beating the Patriots? Also, uh, there's no players involved anymore in your takes, Ryan. And it makes me sad. Uh, but, I'll, I mean, I guess calling both of those, they both happen, plus the over, I'll go Ghost Pepper. Wow, okay. I think this is what I'm capping all uh, over, under, and one team wins a game takes. Well, I got two teams that have to win, including uh, the Bears bouncing back against, you know, the GOAT and Sony Michelle and his hotness on the ground. Uh, yeah, you could, put, you could put in 20 teams in there. It's still going to hit the cap. All right, fine. <laughs> um, man, this is so tough because I felt like that was pretty generous. So, so I think Tampa Bay. <laughs> wow. Well, you well, so are... ta- well, Tampa Bay is favored in the game by three. Right. So, so Tampa, Tampa beating Cleveland to me is an expected, expected uh, proposition. Um, the game going over is, uh, you know, the 50-50 shot basically over versus under. So it's not like a, uh, you know, super unlikely event that it were to go over. And then the Bears are only three-point underdogs to the Patriots. And, and I think that the Bears were pretty embarrassed last – so, like, I, you know, I think you have a, a pretty – a highly likely event, a fairly likely event. And then the, the Bears beating the Patriots is probably the, – the fact that you're, you know, going – that you're picking Tampa to beat Cleveland, that you're picking the over and the Bears to beat the Patriots, which is the least likely – three separate events. I think, I guess I'd be willing to also go ghost pepper. All right. All right. Fine. Fine. I'll, I'll, I'll but Trey, I don't know if you know, those are three separate calls. Yeah, no, no, no. I know. I'm, I'm just, just saying. I'm just like, <laughs> well, he's got to get them all three, right. You know, to, even though I don't think any of the three of those are highly, highly unlikely. You know, all right. the combination of all threes. All right. Let's move on. We've got about five minutes left. So who wants to jump in and go next? All right, I'm ready to go. And I said no more negative QB takes. But uh, after three first-half interceptions and one sack fumble and now down 21 points, uh, Kyle Aletta enters the game at the start of the third quarter for the Giants and leads them to a near comeback. And by near comeback, I mean, like, <laughs> within, within a couple possessions. Like, let's not get crazy. Uh, and then also, the newly signed Indianapolis coach, Don Trillingman, uh finishes the top – pass catcher on that team or in the bills colts game so is is this an homage to me making the inman pick when when the bears didn't i make a pick um when the bears signed him last year yeah and then he didn't <laughs> end up playing but the first game he played for them he had like eight catches for 88 yards it was crazy right so i feel like it's uh loyal listeners of the show may remember that and i, I bombed on that pick well I, I this is easy is there anything hotter than carolina reaper because that's what this is but what this is just so much fun like why would this quarterback take this is time for this quarterback take to happen i feel like it, it's time for eli manning he's looked just just terrible I, but i think so, it's, i think it's alex tanny is the number two quarterback if i have his name right i think it's alex tanny tanny is definitely the last name so and if uh, you're in super flex league you got a deep bench pick him up uh, so maybe you, you hedge your bet and say Kyle Aletta and or Tanny. Sure. Uh, a, a secondary quarterback starts the second half. <laughs> All right. Or maybe they put Saquon at quarterback and he leads them back. I and mean, that's, you know, that, he could probably do it. Um, 
Trey, what you agree with me on the uh, the hotness level, Carolina Reaper? Oh yeah, it's definitely Carolina Reaper. What's going to be great is when um, Eli actually has four first half interceptions and a sack fumble, and is down twenty one points, and then Laletta comes in and he'll miss the uh, parlay because he under went under on the interceptions. Yeah, I know. I think I think that pretty, that's that's pretty unlikely. As well as Dontrell Inman finishing as the top pass catcher. <laughs> I just I really want Dontrell Inman to succeed. And I don't I don't know why. So yeah. and I know it's wrong to probably put him there in the hot takes, but man, that that Colts wide receiver core is a mess, and he at least can catch the ball and run simple routes. So, uh, but uh, it, I, so on player profiler, they have Laletta as the the second quarterback, but that's not an official depth chart. That's he should be. I mean, he should be there. If, if you're going to play another quarterback, you should put in the rookie and see what he's got. Um, but anyway, Trey, we, we got a couple minutes left. Let's hear your hot bolts by stick. And this, this is actually going to kind of segue slightly into one of my favorite DFS plays this week. Um, so uh, Evan Silva listened to a podcast today where Evan Silva was talking about the matchups. Um, just listen to it tonight. And uh, he thinks that Jacksonville uh, at home against Houston is a get-right game for Jacksonville's defense. Houston's offensive line has really struggled. Watson has been kind of, you know, banged uh, up, str- He's struggling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I- I'm going to pick against that. I, I think that two two things are going to happen. One, I think Houston's going to go into Jacksonville win that game. I think Jacksonville has some issues on defense. I think they've lost some swag, and I think they're really, really missing Leonard Fournette and the ability to uh, run the ball effectively. And uh, so one is, is Houston outright wins that game. And, and two, uh, the, one of the reasons I think that they do it on offense is by one Kiki Kuti, which I um, predict will be a PPR wide receiver one this week. Yeah, I don't think that uh, Kuti uh, part of the take is that hot considering um, uh, Beasley in the slot, you know, played so well against Jacksonville. I think that's a weakness of that Jacksonville defense. So I agree with you. That's a great play in DFS. Um, he, he should be in a lot of your lineups. Um, but Texas went at Jacksonville. I guess I'm still pondering this. Jacksonville, they're five and a half point favorites. I'm going to give this Habanero. Oh, I'm going to go Carolina Reaper to one, encourage Ryan to now make player takes in the future. What? Uh, instead of just over-unders and game-winning picks. Kiki Cutie finishing as a wide receiver one in PPR, that's ridiculous uh, in, in itself. I, I know that he had one game with a lot of catches, but just because that existed doesn't mean that Sean Watson can throw like shovel pass him the ball enough times. And then, <laughs> you know, it just is – I think it's than what, what you're giving it, Ryan. And two, secondly, uh, Trey, you benefit from this uh, because it is there's a player take in there, and I appreciate that. So <laughs> – uh, whatever. Okay. Anyway, no, I'm telling you, you want to, should we have a grab bag of shame bet on Kiki Kuti? I'll, I'll, I'll take you on with that. Will. I think, I, I think it's, that's going to happen this week. But he's, if he's just a wide receiver one in PPR. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take that. All right. And then I will eat all my fun, tasty snacks out of the grab bag of shame. <laughs> the winner's right. grab bag. I, I think we're going to run out of time. So I'm going to do the send off. This was a, a mini show of the Joes. Thanks for your patience. Sorry we didn't give you the full show. I think it was still a half hour, so you didn't really miss much. Maybe a little bit editing here and there that we're going to uh, not do. But we're at FF Joes on Twitter. Thanks for listening again. We are the Fantasy Joes. Fantasy Bros. Fantasy Bros. Fantasy Joes.